When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Couldn't possibly have more going on than we do right now. Sports Equinox yesterday, NFL trade deadline today, blockbuster NBA trade while you were sleeping. Woj with the details earlier today on Get Up, all the rest of that. And, and uh, you know, the... The World Series, of course, part of that equinox. So we, we, we have just everything in the world going on, and we have an ear to the ground, and if there are any trades out there between now and, uh, and the time we finish up our show, obviously you'll hear about them right here on ESPN Radio. An interesting thing happened over the weekend, and I think it's just worth a quick mention. I want to make it clear. I've said this a million times, and I will say it forever. There's one thing I'm not interested in, and that is your opinion of how I parent my children— And because I'm not interested in that, I will never offer an opinion on how others should. Clearly, that does not apply to circumstances where you see something that seems very dangerous. I'm not talking about the health and welfare of children. I just don't want anyone to conflate that or or think that I mean that. I'm just talking about normal run-of-the-mill parenting. You choose to do it your way, I choose to do it my way, and I'm all good with that. So I was merely just fascinated by the fact that Saquon Barkley's father— who grew up a passionate Jet fan, is a passionate Jet fan, wore Jets gear to the game between the teams this past Sunday. So Saquon Barkley's dad, I'm reading this as a a, a tweet from Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic. Saquon Barkley's father was wearing full-on Jets gear as they walked out of the stadium together. Barkley, meaning the father, grew up a Jets fan. And I just find that a really fascinating decision to make. So Cam put the question in here. What would Greeny do if Stevie played for the Patriots, Dolphins, or Bills? There is no, there, there is no hesitation in my answer. And that's why I'm sort of surprised by this. I don't know what this says about me. If Stevie played for the Patriots, I would go out and I would buy every drop of Patriot gear I could find. I would buy jerseys, hats, mugs, whatever else it might be that there were only a very, very, very select few things more important to me than the fandom for my team, but that is definitively one of them. Once he was no longer on that team, I would go back to rooting for the Jets, of course, but I would root for my kid first, last, and always. Now, Saquon's dad, I have to assume, was rooting for Saquon to play well and win that game, although his choice of outfit wouldn't, demonstrate that now they left together I have no reason to believe Saquon himself was upset by this it just seemed worthy of a mention and I find it interesting to say the least now let me ask you a question Mm. you have the daughters it's a little different because I don't know what women's sports team you might have that level of passion for that that you would have a comparable situation 
your wife is an, a, a giant fan and you're an Eagle fan. Like, how important is it to you that your daughters are giant fans? See, even that, it's not comparable. There's no comparable situation for this. W- w- would you think, do you think less of me as a fan because I would root for my son against the Jets? No, I don't think less of you, but I, I do think maybe a, a Stevie Greenberg jersey with a Jets hat would probably be the move. No, no, not when they played the Jets. I think that's, I think that's the move. Most certainly not. Not when they played the Jets. You, you can then show allegiance to, to both your son and your team. No, I'm, there is no shared allegiance there. My allegiance would be exclusively to my son. I'll go back to rooting for my team after that's done. Okay, so it has an expiration date whenever he would have changed teams. Then. Well, this is not a circumstance that has presented itself, so I couldn't tell you that. Might not happen. It, 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 well, at this point, it seems quite unlikely, considering that he's six foot one and weighs 140 pounds. What kind of numbers is he putting up in Prague right now? <laughs> would, would, would that's the same, it. Yeah. Would, would the same thing apply if he, let's say, played basketball or football at a different Big Ten school? Yes. So if he's playing basketball at Indiana, yes. you become an Indiana basketball fan. 100%. What if it's a nephew? That's more questionable. Eric. Eric, yes, your nephew Eric. If Eric was playing basketball at Indiana, mm-hmm. I think I would root for him in his games, but I would, I would not in any way. I, well, I don't know. I see these are things. These, these are things I've never had to think these about. These are complicated matters. I don't come from that athletic family, so there was really never any risk of any of this happening. I think Bubba needs to weigh on in this, given that given that he did write this unwritten rule book. Bubba, do you think that Saquon's dad is out of line here? Do you think Greeny's out of line here? Do you split the baby in the middle like I do? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think Saquon's I, – I enjoy what Saquon's dad did because I, I think in, in reality, I think he, he's, he's supporting his team, but he's also supporting his son. He, he's rooting for his son to do well, but he's, also, he's a Jets fan. He's not, who, who did he want to win? He wanted the Jets to win, and he wanted his son to play as best as he could. He wanted his son's team to lose. Right. That's insane. But a game wa- that essentially ended their season. But he wanted his, – his goal was probably, you know, hey, son, run for 250 yards, three touchdowns, my team wins. Yeah, that, he got the best of it both It is a worlds team sport. Because Saquon That's was the only wants. player that played for the Giants. He wants and his son to Jets do won. well, his son to come out healthy, come out and do well, but he wants the Jets to win because he's a – a lifelong Jets fan, I have no problem with it. You people are insane. The, the, I, I mean, just insane. I don't even know what you're talking about. That, that's, that's crazy to me. If, if my son were playing for Indiana and they were playing at Northwestern, my beloved alma mater, I love my school, um, and, 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 and you all know what it means to me. I mean, so much that my kids both go there, or one of them is graduated from there. Um, but yes, if my son was playing on Indiana, I would root for my son and his team. Yes, without you any could root, hesitation. But you could root for your son and your team too. Exactly. No, That's what no, it's a can't. team. There's sport. no way his dad was not was rooting like for them to you know for Saquon to do poorly. He just wanted the Jets to win the game. Mm-mm. Not okay. You make it interesting when you bring up cousins. So here was my. I wrote this in why my wife thinks I'm an idiot. That football tickets are an acceptable reason for missing a wedding up to and including first cousins. So if you have, you have football tickets, you cannot miss a, a, the wedding of a sibling, of, a, of your own child, or anyone like that. Now, again, when my kids get married, they aren't going to get married during the football season, so that isn't going to be an issue, but because for this exact reason... I mean, Stevie wouldn't even think of it. Stevie would miss his own wedding if the Jets were playing well. Um, but that has been my rule. 
first cousins is where it gets a little mm. dicey. Like, would, would I? It's a good question. See, I don't know that if you were coaching the, the Patriots, Stevie wouldn't still root for the Jets. If I, I were coaching the Patriots? If you were coaching the Patriots, I, don't I think still that's think right. that Stevie would root for the Jets, as you have instructed him to do. Like a true fan. Like a true fan from the day he was born. All right, I'm going to text him right now. That, pa- <laughs> that Patriots job might be open soon, Green. If, it's if, true. If I, were the, if I were the broadcaster for the Patriots, see, that's a different one, because that's yeah. the only thing I ever had any chance to be. If I were the play-by-play voice of the – well, I will tell you that when I was covering the Bulls in the 90s for the station in Chicago – my family, my parents owned a bookstore in New York that had a Go New York, Go New York, Go sign in the window. They were crazy Knicks fans. My father, my parents had season tickets to the Knicks my whole life. And that rivalry was vicious. I mean, and so it was, it was a, an interesting experience for me because I'm covering it from one side for Chicago and the Chicago fans. And then I'm hearing it from the other side of New York from my family. And I will say that during that time, I really did have to put my fandom aside. Like, you watch games differently. I will tell you that you watch games differently. When the Knicks were playing the Bulls, this is the 90s, I would watch a game, and after the game was over, the same game, the Bulls fans would feel that the refs had screwed them, and the Knicks fans would feel that the the refs had screwed them about the same game on the same calls. If you don't think you watch the game that way, you're wrong. I learned it through that. You 100% see it through those eyes, and you also think it about the announcers. My father constantly, oh, Marv Albert wants the Bulls to win. So the league wants the Bulls to win. Marv wants the Bulls to win. And everyone in Chicago, Marv is rooting for the Knicks. He's the voice of the Knicks. He loves the Knicks. He's from New York. They all hear that inflection in his voice. Uh, and for Marv, who obviously was the, 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 the pro's pro to end all pro's pros. Speaking of etiquette, by the way. Yeah. Can you please fill me in on something that you just mentioned briefly yesterday? Yeah. Regarding your daughter's boyfriend, and how you watch the game on Sunday? Yeah. So, <laughs> Jake, who is my daughter's boyfriend of two years, is a New York kid. They met in college at, in, in, in Evanston, but they are he's from here. And he is a Giant fan. And so, they came over. Nikki, Nikki has her own apartment. They came over, though, to my apartment to watch the game with me. And so, we watched together. He wore an Eli Manning jersey, and I wore my Aaron Rodgers jersey. That's how I watched the game. How loudly, how passionately did he root for his team? Very. Very. Yes. All right, so I'm going to make sure I do the the, the requisite fact-finding here before I go nuclear on Jake. Okay, (laughs) so 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 he he is merely her boyfriend, right? Not fiancé? No, no. They're They're they're, not engaged? No, no, they're very young. There is no no, uh, wedding certificate in Albany with with their names on it, correct? Like This is is just? Okay. So he has scant little legal or financial... Stake in the matter, correct? Well, I, I would say none. Okay, okay. <laughs> absolutely none. I'm going to say this, Greeny. And someone needs to say this to you out loud. Jake is too comfortable around you. Much too comfortable around you. You think he should not be allowed to root for the Giants in my house? I have been married for four years. I have dated my wife now for seven years. Yeah. Passionate, lifelong Giants fans. I've watched many Eagles-Giants games at, her, uh, at the in-laws' house. And you know what I've never done? You've never worn an Eagles jersey? That! You've never done that? Never once! What do you really? just You just sit there in silence? Do you know why? Why? I fear Dan Edwards. <laughs> I fear Dan Edwards. He's a good man, a good car guy, but a little fearsome. 
as a father-in-law. I'll tell you what, Jake is awfully comfortable around you for someone who has so little actual skin in the game. Okay, well, so, so, so Bubba, now let's dissect this. This is an interesting point that he brings up. Does this suggest that he's not afraid of me? Because I would like to create, you do want to create a little bit of a intimidation. Bit. You know, Charles Barkley once, well, I don't even want to quote that now. <laughs> it seems so different um, all these years later. But we all know what Barkley once said. Um, what, 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 what do you think of it, Bubba? Should I, should I have been uncomfortable with? Here's what I will say on Jake's behalf. And mm. by the way, I like the kid a lot. That every time something happened in the game that made you like shout with, he then apologized. He, he, he was like, oh, yeah, ball. There was a fumble early in the game. He's like, ball's loose, ball's loose. And then they recovered. He turns to me and said, I'm sorry. See, he knows. And, and I said He to knows. Him, I said, no, but here's what I said to him. I said, dude, you're good. You root for your team. I'm into it. I'm a, I, I, I make my living based upon the passion of people like you rooting for your team. I accept that you're not rooting for the same team I am. It helped me a lot that the Jets won. <laughs> when the Jets won, that was a good moment because it was over. They had lost, 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 as anyone who saw the game knows. And that was going to be a tough one. Like that fist bump at the end of the game was going to be a challenge. One more question. Go. Who was Nikki rooting for in the game? The Jets. Okay. Yes. In fact, she told me, I said to her, this is a true story. She sends a picture. She, so he lives in D.C. now. He got a job in D.C. and they travel back and forth sometimes on weekends to see each other. He's down in D.C. And she sends a picture back to the family group chat of the two of them, I don't know, out doing whatever they're doing. And Stevie was the first to pick up on it. And he wrote back from Prague. He's in the Czech Republic. And he wrote back, are you wearing a giant jersey? Mm. And she wrote somewhat apologetically, it was cold. So I put this on. I will show my true allegiance Sunday, meaning the Jet-Giant game. So when she came to my house on Sunday, I said, I notice you're not wearing anything that says Jets on it. And she said, the Jet t-shirt you gave me is dirty. So I accepted that. So she's blaming the elements and laundry? Correct. A lot of excuses over there. Bubba, help me out here, bud. I mean, I got more concerns with Nikki right now than uh, than than Jack. 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 (laughs) Whatever his name is. Nikki Nikki and the other one. Um, (laughs) This other fella. Uh, I, but I, I don't, I don't know what Hebo was talking about because I have no issues with him. If if this was his first time there, I would say, okay, yeah, you got to kind of take it a little, take it a little slow. Yeah, you don't want to be going crazy. But you said you've known him for two years. You're com- he's comfortable with you. You're comfortable with him, and yeah, he's probably not going to be scared of you at any point, whether it's now, two years, twenty years. So that's just not going to happen. But it's fine. Again, if it was his first time coming over mm. there, you don't want him going nuts, screaming, yelling. But that's you're just having fun watching a game with someone. That, it is perfectly reasonable. And for Hembo to go over to his in-laws yeah. and just sit there in complete silence and not even wear a jersey because he's scared of that. That's even weird. Just, I just watch the game with him and have fun. You don't have to taunt him, but you can cheer for your team. This speaks volumes actually about you more than it does about me. You are the father of their grandchildren. I am. You have given them... The, the two most precious gifts they will ever receive. One of them named Michelle and the other named something I can never remember. And and candidly, I'm still not 100% sure that they both exist. One of them might just be a mirror. But what I'm trying to say is I think that you need to get to a place. Here's what we need. We need you to get to a place where you go to their house and when the Eagles win, because they always do, you need to actually talk trash. 
You need to be in there. You need to take one of those footballs and spin them on the ground like the receivers always do in their living room. No, there's no chance of doing that because that would be brought up in the settlement. No, you're doing it. What settlement? The eventual divorce settlement. (laughs) I fear Dan Edwards. (laughs) So you're... I might not get either. <laughs> You're telling me that as a result of that, they're gonna, she's going to keep both kids. In the, the, <laughs> why, thought, what is, what is, why are you so scared of this in the divorce man. settlement, you were going to get to keep one and she was going to get to keep the other? Do you think that's the way these things work? I don't know. All right, in the divorce, uh, Lizzie gets Michelle and Hembo <laughs> gets the other one. All right, Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination get in the zone with AutoZone. we have awesome rants of the day today not just one don't miss them next get on espn radio for the ones who get it done granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer call clickgranger.com or just stop by Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're live from the seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Lots of ways to hang out with us. You can watch on the ESPN app. Just click on watch. Look for hashtag Greeny and enjoy. You can listen on the ESPN app or Sirius XM channel 80. And of course, we are a podcast every single day. Both hours available uh, wherever you get your podcasts. It is called Greeny, the hashtag crew, having quite a day today. So we've got a lot working here. So I've got a green list I've got, and I've got a couple of different um, rants of the day. I think I want to do the rants here. I haven't heard the Dabo ones yet. I was the one who put them in because I read about them on my way in, and I want to hear this. They are who we thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? You kidding me? Hello? You play to win the game. Rant of the day. So, rant of the day. I've got two of them here. The first of them I'll play is from Willie Colon who um, used to play, well, he was a longtime NFL player, and he played among many other teams for the Jets, and he was on the Jets' post-game show after their very unsightly victory against the Giants on Sunday, and I'm told that he went off on Zach Wilson and blamed the coach. Here we go. Listen, the bottom line, the Jets were one for 14 on third down. And listen, I'm not even mad at Zach Wilson anymore. 
not. I'm mad at Kosala. I'm mad at that whole building because time after time, they force down our throats that Zach Wilson is the future for the New York Jets because what he does in practice is good enough for what he does on the field. You cannot watch that tape and say that right now. It is an embarrassment. It's not cute anymore. It's beyond cute. Like, you ask for your third-string offensive line to fight for two finales, and we only got one first down, and what's he ran for? Missed a lot of throws. Bruce two for 11 flat. against the Broncos. Three for 11 against the Eagles. Can't get in the end zone. When is it not cute anymore? Like, when is it? I'm, I'm being serious, because if me and Bart play like that, we wouldn't have a job. We wouldn't be in the NFL. We wouldn't be on this table. We'd be worthy to talk about football. He's, he's talking to Bart Scott and about the two of them. So that's his frustration. You know, that, that's what this would have sounded, what's what I would have sounded a lot like if they don't come back and miraculously win the game at the very end. The only thing I would say to Willie is what, what's the option? What, what alternative is it that we are looking for? You know, the, the, the solution to this problem does not grow on a tree. I don't think Trevor Simeon is the solution to the problem. Aaron Rodgers, we hope, is eventually going to be the solution to the problem. I'm not, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is the solution to the problem. There was a moment in time when I thought Kirk Cousins was the solution to the problem. There are any number of reasons why that isn't going to be the case. So I get it, but I, I do see where they have put themselves in a position, or they are in a position where there's not much they can do. And frankly, I give them credit for being where they are. Most teams, when they lose their franchise quarterback and they were so heavily built around him. But most teams, when they lose their franchise quarterback in the first series of the first week of the season, are done. Their season is over. They're making a season out of it one way or another. So more than anything, I give them credit. I'm not mad as much as I am sad. I'm just sad for what could have been. Because with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, I genuinely believe they're the best team in the NFL. The fact that the Jets are 4-3 and three is a miracle. I understand... Yeah. like. What he's doing there is effectively the definition of howling at the moon. I think a lot of Jets fans feel the same way. But right now, Zach Wilson is the very best option that you have. And the fact that you've won four out of seven games, given the fact that you've led for less time than any team in the NFL, is insane. It's a pretty amazing stat. I, I didn't know that until you said it to me the other day. There are teams like Carolina has led more minutes in games this year than the Jets have. Carolina just got their first win. <laughs> On Sunday, the Jets are four and three, and yet they've led for fewer minutes than anyone. That let fewer minutes than the Giants, fewer minutes than the Bears, fewer minutes than Carolina, fewer minutes than many teams that are having far worse seasons. The Jets have outscored their opponent thirty to three in the final two minutes of games and overtime, and they have been drubbed in the first fifty-eight. And they're four and three. Yeah. Anytime the Jets win a game, it's a miracle. The fact that they're four and three, I think, speaks very highly to the coaching, and to the culture, because what they experienced in week one would have decimated most NFL teams. I think that's right. I'd feel a lot better about the situation right now if I were you and if I were a fan of the Jets than most Jets fans seem to feel. Well, I think part of that is just because we went into this season with different expectations. Like, we spent months and months and months thinking this is finally our time, and the real tragedy of it is we were right. All the things we thought were right. If Rodgers was there, we'd be the best team. We, we would, there'd certainly be no conversation about who might win the Super Bowl this year that didn't include the Jets. No, wait, with that defense playing the way they are? Imagine what Garrett Wilson would be with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. 
So I think that you have to cut us some slack. Do you, I, I think there is enormous disappointment. Do here. you think that there's a move, whether it be big or small, for them to make before the deadline today? Not, not for quarterback. So maybe along the offensive line? Perhaps? Well, that would be the best thing. But I, everyone tells me it just doesn't happen. Like No one is trading offensive linemen. Uh, maybe they sign that Lyle Collins. Uh, he, he still seems to be available. I don't know if he can play. They just need a body. I mean, they have no one to play on the offensive line. I don't care how good everybody else is or isn't. So that is clearly their biggest problem. All right, now I want to get to the rant of the day. So I'll tell you how I came across this. So I'm, I'm in an Uber this morning coming down here and, from my building, and, and I, I have already seen all of the – I saw everything I needed in the football. I saw everything I needed in the uh, baseball game, and I had gone through all of the James Harden notes. So then I just start scrolling through what else happened, and I see – the Dabo Sweeney rant on his own radio show where a caller whose name is Tyler brings up how much money he gets paid. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Dabo Sweeney has a $115 million contract. Do I have that right? It's, it's something like that. It is a, an enormous contract. And he's done a great right. job there. That's right. $115 million, right? Hey, look, he's done a great job there. He's not one of my favorite people, but that has nothing. You've got to give credit where it's due. Dabo Sweeney has done a magnificent job. Clemson never was, in, in my recollection, what he made them. Now, the last couple of years, it, is, it has not been what their fans have come to count on or, or have been sort of conditioned to expect based upon that little five-year run where they genuinely were as good as Alabama. Now, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson were as good as Alabama and Nick Saban for whatever that was, four or five years. Um so that's the context of all this. So, again, I, I think Dabo Sweeney has done an outstanding coaching job there, despite so many of the things he has said and done with which I have taken issue. But I'm just curious to hear this. So a caller calls in. The guy's name is Tyler. I assume that's relevant because it's on the screen. Uh, and asked about his being paid so much money while his team is 4-4. Four and four. And here's how the coach replied. You can have all your opinions that you want, all right? I don't know how old you are. Don't really care, all right? But let me tell you something. Uh, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. all you do is the, the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation, and that's the problem. And so, you know, We've won 12 10-plus win year, seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniffed a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? Is this a bad year? Is this a – yeah. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read – Listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want, and you can apply for the job, and good luck to you. All right, so I I have to tell you, and I have more of it there, I don't have any problem with anything he said Mm. maybe till the very end. The the you can apply for the job part I think I could live without, but I do also understand his being frustrated. But all the stuff about going through his stats, I mean, basically the equivalent of Google me, I'm good with. Are you? No. Are you good with him telling a fan that you're part of the problem? As he did at the beginning of that bite? Well, I, I don't know just how, how challenging slash obnoxious was the fan in whatever question he asked. Extremely. Two minutes of calling him arrogant and all this stuff. Why do we pay you this money? Like, literally a two-minute call 
preceded that. So, I mean, I assume Dabo was just sick of hearing from him. Uh, so he responded strongly, but there was a reason he responded strongly. Is, so I see there's another clip on my screen. Do I want to play that too, or is it pretty much the same? Uh, it's, it's more explaining, I think. But, is, yeah, but, but, but does good. he get it's angrier? Good. Okay, well, let's hear it. There's more of this. He goes on. I used to tell people all the time, if they what's the difference in Clemson? I'm going to tell you. At, Clemson, at some places, there's an expectation, but at Clemson, there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is is... We've won so much that even when we it used to be the funds and the winning, now even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you, all right, when I hired Tony Elliott to be the offensive coordinator who never called a play in his life, I'm sure you were critical then, all right, and he took us to two national championships. People like you who just love to, to destroy people with your comments, all right? I'm sure you've never made any bad decisions. I'm sure you've lived a perfect life. I'm sure you've never, I'm sure you've led a bunch of people. I'm sure you do your job in front. So to answer your question, I started as the lowest paid coach in this freaking business, all right? And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with it, I don't care. All right? I work for, for the Board of Trustees, the President, and the AD. And if they're tired of me leading this program, all they got to do is let me know. I'll go somewhere else where there is an appreciation. All right. So that took a turn. Um, I, I, I still am largely on his side. Now, there's, there's, there's stuff in that I don't like. But I think I get most of it. You seem much more skeptical than me. Yeah, this is, this is part of the job, is to, if you're going to earn $115 million over 10 years, is to absorb the slings and arrows when you lose two. So Clemson's lost seven of their last 14 games, dating to last season. They had lost seven of their previous 70 games. So there was a moment in time when it was Clemson and Alabama as the, two, like as the sort of you know, cities on a hill in college football, and that time has long since passed Clemson. I don't think it is unreasonable for people to call in on that show and say, what's going on, coach? Because right now we live in a world of NIL, and Clemson doesn't do any of that. Like, he's talking exclusively in the past tense, and that's something that Nick Saban would never do. Nick Saban would never speak in the past tense about the, fact that, about the lack of success that he is having now. And Nick Saban would also never fail to adjust in the ways that Dabo has failed to adjust because that's what makes great people great. So the second part of that I totally agree with. The first part of it, we have certainly heard Nick Saban blow up at this, that, or the other thing many times. Here's the one thing I will say. The part of that that I really related to the most, I will give you a personal story, not, not having anything to do with me except that I was there to witness it. I watched the Bulls win three consecutive championships. I had a front row seat. The first one was a celebration of unparalleled joy. You've never seen a collection of people that happy. The second one was joy mixed with relief. Thank goodness we did it again. The third one was mostly relief mixed with thank God that's over. The pressure of it, the expectation does exceed the appreciation. It does. It does internally and externally, you think the fans are spoiled? You're damn right they're spoiled mm. because they have come to expect that. You have given them that. And so I understand him saying you do realize that no one in the 100-year history of this place ever did for you what I did for mm. you. And now you're turning your back on me pretty quickly. Now, I'm, I don't like the way he said parts of that. There are parts of that that would, that would put me off. 
But by and large, he created the standard that he's now failing to live up to. That is complicated. The thing that you said that I thoroughly agree with is this is the job. Like hearing from unrealistic fans, unrealistic expectations, having them don't have a call-in radio show if you don't want to let people call in and say what they say. Now, he doesn't have to allow himself to be completely personally attacked. My first year in, in uh, working for the sports radio station in Chicago, Mike Ditka did the call-in show on our station. I most certainly did not, was not on the air, but I was one of the people who would screen the calls. And a guy called in and asked him a question that was much less challenging. I, I don't even remember what the question was anymore. And I'm going to quote this now. I apologize in advance for the language, but I have to use it to quote him because it, the story doesn't work without my telling you accurately what he said. Mike Ditka said, listen, whatever, I forget what his name was. He said, my address is 250 North Washington. And if you want to talk about this, you come down here anytime. You name the time and you come down here and I will whip your ass. <laughs> Mike Ditka said that. We actually created a bit. There was a, we had a feature called that on the radio station for years. And they may still do it for all I know. So the point is, like, depending on who it comes from and the tone in which it is said and the expectation of that person, it sounds different. It doesn't sound good coming from him because his, the image that he tries to portray of himself is so different from that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I understand what you're saying. I have less of an issue with it, I think, on balance than you do. Bubba, you jump in here. Yeah. How much of an issue do you have with it? I mean, I... I in general, I don't have an issue. I mean, I think in, it's not great to get into you know fights with fans, so I get what Hembo's saying from that point. But to me, I think the biggest issue that we have just as a fan culture, I think a lot of the stuff we just – Nick Saban, essentially, which I've said before in the past, basically Saban and Belichick, I think, have just ruined the experience for fans in general because they think that's normal. And if you think back to – if you just basically look at who are the greatest college footballs of all time in history, none of those people have even remotely the success of Saban. So if you're talking about, you know uh, – Spurrier or Woody Hayes or Tom Osborne or Bobby Bowden or Joe Paterno, they don't have seven national champions, but Saban does. And so because Dabo doesn't have that, you know, if he loses one game, all of a sudden it's it's so different now. But, you know, Tom Osborne wasn't winning seven national titles in Nebraska. Paterno won two times at Penn State, and he's thought as one of the greatest coaches of all time. But so I, I just think, and what Bel- it's the same thing in the NFL now, what Belichick and Saban have done, have just changed the perspective of fans, and they just think, oh, that, every coach can do that now. And Dabo has changed the you know, perception at Clemson already, and when they have any sort of losing, the fans are so spoiled that it's it's just ridiculous when they're calling in like that, that they just it's just it's unfair for a coach to have those unrealistic expectations. I think that's actually a very good point, that, that what happens is you might have a very good coach and think to yourself, well, we don't have a good enough coach because he should be winning. The really good ones win seven. No, one guy ever did. So I think there's a lot there. I'm glad we went down that road. I thought that was interesting and it was worth doing. All right, this is always worth doing. Trivia day. I got it right yesterday, so I feel good about myself. What do you got today? Who owns the single season NBA record for most games with 20 points and 10 assists? The most 2010 games in a season in NBA history. The most 2010 games in a season, it, 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 can we ask how long they've been keeping track of assists? I know they've been, obviously, points forever. Do, how far back does assists go? Far enough back that 
that everyone we might think of is included. That's right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. This obviously stems from the James Harden trade. Mm-hmm. He certainly could be among the potential answers. We'll find out next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on this Halloween. We will get to the answer to the trivia question in just a minute. But first, breaking news, Adam Schefter, this Moments ago on Twitter, the Commanders and Bears have agreed to a trade that is expected to send defensive end Montez Sweat to Chicago for a 2024 second round pick per sources. Sweat is in the last year of his contract and the Commanders are opting for a draft pick now. Chicago beefs up its line. This is something we talked about a lot in our meeting this morning before um, we came on the air for TV that the Bears have all this money and might be interested in a player that they could lock up long-term here and figure this is a better player than they are likely to get at that position in the draft. There are two guys that the that the commanders have to make a decision on, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They would not be able to sign them both. They're both going to come into the year now where that decision has to get made. So the commanders trade them away. They're in. This may indicate that they're in fire sale mode, but it may not just based on the fact that, well, I mean, they're getting them for, for they're getting something for them instead of nothing. So read that however you will. For the Bears, it's an interesting decision. He's a very good player. He's a very good player, but if I were the Bears, I just wouldn't be in the business of trading second-round picks, just given how bad I am. Even so, Montez Sweat's a really good player. He's not a great one, but he's a good one. Uh, 67 games, 35 and a half sacks, 47 tackles for loss, and 85 quarterback hits. They have all the cap space in the world, and they have two first-round draft picks next year because of the deal they made with Carolina. So it definitely makes sense. I just don't like trading a pick that's likely to be that high, 
for a non-premium player. That's my two cents. All right. So we'll see. Uh, that is the deal that gets made today. We'll see if anything else happens over the next four hours and change. Meanwhile, quickly, today's trivia question. Today's trivia question is this. Who owns the single-season NBA record for most games with 20 points and 10 assists? So single season, I somehow think I missed when you asked the question because I was busy thinking about. So I was thinking of career. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought. Did you say that? Single did season? you say single season? Hundred percent sure I did. I don't know because I didn't hear. Check it the tape. Check please, the tape. Please check the tape. Well, let's do the top five deadline moves. Hembo wants to see. I've got a green list for Hembo. So let's do that. And while we're, while I'm doing that on the air, I want you guys to listen to the tape because I did not hear single season. I know what I was going to say, but single season changes it entirely. I do not think you said it. He said it. He said he it? He said it. Of course he said it. Play it back. Can you play it? Who owns the single season <laughs> NBA record for most games with 20 points and 10 assists? Single season, he did say Clearly. it. All three of us missed it. My goodness. All three of us somehow did, didn't register. Did it register? Brandon gave an answer. All right, what is Brandon's answer? He says Russell Westbrook. That's mine as well. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense now. I, 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 it, it could be Russell Westbrook. It could easily be James Harden. If it's single season, those are the two guys that jump immediately to mind. For a career, I was thinking of guys like Oscar Robertson and Jerry West, which it still easily could be. Bubba, who's your guess? I'm going to go James Harden. I feel like Russell Westbrook is too obvious so, it, because I think all of us would guess him because of the triple-double. So we got two guesses of Russell Westbrook. We got one guess of James Harden, and I am going to guess Oscar Robertson. Hembo, the answer is? The correct answer is Tiny Archibald. Yeah. Tiny Archibald. He had is the, I thought of him. 56 such games in 1973. That would be the, I'm sure that's the year that he led the league in scoring and assists in the same season. I thought for sure you were going to get that right. You of all people were going to get it right. I, I did think of him, but then I, I, I guess I should have said that. Oscar he led, is the career leader in such games. All right. I would have gotten that right then because that's who I was going to say when I, I know, thought that it was, was my, my My thought was Oscar for career. Why couldn't you ask career? Yeah, I know. Because tomorrow, that would be too easy and obvious. Let's do that one tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah. All right, let's we'll do it. Uh, Hambo's got a green list before we go. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. Before we run out of time, top five deadline moves Hembo wants to see. One of them has already become obsolete. What's number five? Number five. Number five is a cornerback, Jalen Johnson of the Chicago Bears. They're not going to give him a new contract to the Buffalo Bills to replace Tredavious White as their new number one cornerback. Yeah, he's going to move on. That seems to be clear. He's a good young player. That's the kind of guy teams want. Number four. Number four. Joshua Dobbs to the Vikings. For yes. some reason, they're benching him in Arizona, despite the fact that he's the only bright spot on that team. I think he can easily make uh, fake it in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins going down and gives him a chance to sneak into the playoffs. When I heard that he was getting benched yesterday, I assumed this was the reason why that they were trading him to Minnesota. It just made too much sense. I'm with you. Number three. Three is already obsolete. You wanted Montez Sweat to the 49ers. Yes, but he's going to Chicago instead. I don't really get the move for the Bears, but either way, he's not going to San Francisco. Number two. Saquon Barkley to the Chiefs. I'm going to talk you into this. So it is true that the Chiefs have no obvious or clear number one or even number two wide receiver. But they have a Hall of Fame tight end, and they rank 31st in the NFL right now in success rate on rushes. They ranked eighth in that stat last year. If you're going to talk Saquon Barkley out of leaving the Giants, you're going to have to pick an attractive place for him to go. That's the best place for him to go because he would be an enormous asset to Patrick Mahomes in the passing game. I, I, I really like 
Isaiah Pacheco, but you're telling me he hasn't been as effective a player as I think he's been? That's correct. All right, fair enough. Number one. And number one, where do you want to see Devontae Adams go? I want to see Devontae Adams go to the Lions. That's the team that has the most to gain by adding him because you put him on the other side of Amran Ross St. Brown, and all of a sudden, that team can compete with any, can outscore any team in the NFC. I'm not sure right now, with Jared Goff playing quarterback for them, they could beat some combination of the Eagles and Niners in the playoffs. Nah, we'll see. That, that, uh, look, Devontae Adams is the difference maker unparalleled in this conversation. I was about to say in this market, but I don't think he's in the market. Like everything, every sense we're getting from Graziano, who is a, a wet blanket, is that Adams is not going to get traded. Again, we'll have all the recap. ESPN Radio will have you covered on this all day long, and then we'll have the full recap on our show tomorrow. I will say the most memorable thing that happened on our show today was the worst take of all time. Hembo said candy doesn't taste good. There, there is not one kind of candy that tastes better than the average salty item. Not one. Okay. Not one. It's just the worst thing I've ever heard a person say. It's an unrefined taste. Don't come back tomorrow. Yeah, we need to have a conversation. Send Jack my regards. (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Jack. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts. 